0: Late Night Anger Management Class, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Berencia, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them and everybody else in between. As we break it down, we were just having a good conversation with Steve Merrill from Wager Talk as far as fans and how fans uh, matter or don't matter and what it means in today's sports landscape. And as I stated, nobody likes to be told that you're insignificant. Nobody likes to be told, despite the fact how much you love something, that it doesn't matter whether you're there or not. But the fact of the matter is, when you die, the world goes on. The fact of the matter is, when there's a sporting event, and whether you are there or not, the result will be the same damn thing. All right? The Buffalo Bills are better at home this year than we've been in the last 25 years. Last time I checked, there's nowhere crazier than Buffalo. All right? Let's look at like oh home field means a lot, doesn't it? Who are the craziest fan bases in the NFL? All right, like let's, let's think of games and all right, where is it like craziest? All right, um, Buffalo doesn't get much crazier than Buffalo. Well, Buffalo went seven and one without people smashing themselves through tables in the parking lot. Um, Cleveland, man, that dog pound, those guys are hardcore. Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland won 6-2. I know they had a couple of fans there, but whatever. Cleveland didn't go 6-2 because there were a couple of fat guys in dog masks, all right, sitting in the end zone. They went 6-2 at home because they were a good football team, all right? The Seattle Seahawks, I get it. It's all fun. And you get a bunch of freaks from the Pacific Northwest that are smoking weed, and they're all hopped up on mushrooms, and they're dressed up in purple and crazy stuff, and it's like Woodstock at a Seahawks game. And, oh, every time there's a penalty, we pat ourselves on the back. Look, we're the 12th man. Look what we just did. Whatever, jackass. The Seattle Seahawks just went 7-1 and at home without you. Oh, they would have went 8-0, though, if we were there. Settle down. All right. Oh, how many times do I hear this in the hockey playoffs? Oh, it's going to be tough to beat Winnipeg tonight. That crowd's going to be crazy. It's going to be a big whiteout. Oh, yeah, yeah, because a bunch of drunk Canadians waving white towels really intimidates professional athletes. Oh, my God, we're going to lose. There's a bunch of drunk people waving white T-shirts and towels at us. We're going to lose. Oh, my God. Someone's yelling at me. Oh, oh no. That's Jeff. Get off the couch. Get in the real world. This is sports rage the real world. Bring
1: it. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. It's easy to get. Just keep it here. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your neighbor, and it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. Would took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking
0: ladder, for God's sakes. Late night anger management class. i am enjoying this conversation. I'm starting to get fired up about the irrelevance of fans. But you guys all matter. My fans matter. We appreciate you. You guys matter. You're all smart. You're all smart. But listen, the whole thing is, as a whole, sports fans... We don't. You don't have an impact. Like I said, if you look at all the wildest stadiums and, and all the different sports, look at the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers, the Dodgers sell out every night. The Dodgers have like the best Major League Baseball attendance in the league. All right, they literally get like forty-eight thousand people a night every night. They hadn't won a World Series since nineteen eighty-eight. Whatever. You have a year with no fans. They win a the World Series. Teams are good. Teams win at home and lose at home because they're either good. Or they're bad, and teams will lose on the road not because of a bunch of screaming fans, because they're tired of the road trip. They're beaten down, and it's it's basically it's fatigue, it's travel. It's not fans. McKinnis steps up and in right now from Sports Memo. What's going on, uh, McKinnis? How you doing tonight,
3: Mister Morensi, Happy New Year, man.
0: Yeah, happy Happy New Year. Uh, same Same to you. We appreciate you joining us. So. I'm just talking about how, you know fan impact on sports, and I said you know everyone says oh home field means three points, and I'm like and then and then like says who, what like people that bet like you know what I mean? Does it really mean three points? And if you actually break it down, it doesn't. And I look at it in the NFL this year. The team with the most fans in the league this year, the Dallas Cowboys, were terrible. All right? They had 27,000 people at their games. Buffalo Bills had no fans at their games. Bills are seven and one at home. Why? Because they're a good football team. Not because of whether Bill's Mafia were there or not. And God bless Bill's Mafia. Well, I'll be real, guys. Sports fans, fans make it funner. But unless you're Bartman or unless you're that kid in New York that caught the ball at Yankee Stadium against the Indians 25 years ago, you know what I mean? Um, you don't have an impact. Like we're we're witnessing history. You're you're a witness of an event. You're not a participant, you, know, you know, they sell you that you're participating in the event, right? Like, you, oh, you're part of it. You're not part of it, all right? I've been in the building when teams have won the Stanley Cup. I wasn't part of it. They would have won whether I was there or not, and they would have won whether there was anyone there or not. They would have won. I just happened to be there. Like, people, we overemphasize our importance on sporting events. And we'll see, you know, and we'll see, McKennis, there's a new league starting right now called the National Hockey League. And we'll find out. Yet I've always thought home ice didn't really mean much in the NHL to begin with, but what's your theory on 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 fans and what do you think about the NHL with no fans?
3: Well listening to you talk about the, the Winnipeg Jets there and the whiteout phrase they would use and you know getting a little bit of a <laughs> chuckle hearing you talk about, you know, a bunch of Canadians waving around some white flags and you know, I, I guess My two angles would be on that would be, number one, I think fans probably help if your team's not very good. You know, if you're already in the bottom, for example, look at the Ottawa Senators this year. It'd be nice for them if they had some fans uh, to root them on, right? But if you look at it from a perspective now, do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning need fans? You know, the same thing you said, the (laughs) the Buffalo Bills didn't need fans, you know, because – they're a great football they team, players. And that's kind of yeah, the way I they look at it. Players. And also, <laughs> yes, exactly. And if you look at it two, two years ago in the playoffs, Gabe, you'll remember this because you and I were talking during the playoffs. The away teams were having the most success, the away teams were dominating the first period. They're more relaxed. You know, I think it's yeah. a very interesting debate, but, um, you know, I probably wouldn't go as far as to say that you know they're not helping the team. But at the end of the day, they're not out there scoring the goals. Like I said, I think it's more so for the teams that are struggling, and they're like, "Hey, those guys are up there cheering for me." Um, but if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning and you're already you know defending Stanley Cup champions, you don't need guys out there you know screaming their heads off cheering yeah, you on. Not- you're doing okay. And as far as the football goes, Gabe, I'll leave that stuff to the stats guys. You know, I'm watching the football game because. Obviously, there, you can talk about travel and things of that nature, and we'll get into that as far as the hockey goes, but as far as just the pure fan environment goes, I'm not buying it.
0: Yeah, you know what? It's a g- very good point that you're And Every city, every team is going to be different. I like your angle, though, about if you're a bad team. You know what I mean? You're a bad team. It can sort of help you at times. You know, there are going to be instances where there's a good feeling and atmosphere and stuff like that, but as you said, if you're an elite athlete, like, look at LeBron James, bro. LeBron James has won NBA titles with fans. He's won titles without fans, bro. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because he's LeBron James. Exactly. Not because whether a hot chick was sitting courtside or not, or whether Jake was there or not. Like the Raptors <laughs> would have... No, nah, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, the Raptors would have won whether Drake is there or not, bro. Like, that's the point. Look, I was at a Raptor, you know, yeah, and, Raptor and Gabe, final that's game. that's the they worst lost. part. They make it, and it they about they loud Drake. as hell, the fans. They
3: make it too exactly. much about them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Right. And, you know, and how about this, though? Look, as I mentioned, look, I'm a Los Angeles Dodger fan and like, the Dodgers sell out every night you know, or close to it, etc. You know, amongst the best league attendance in the league, 45,000, 48,000 every every damn night. They haven't won since 1988. All right. You don't have fans. They win. Um, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. You can almost argue, actually. And I would ask you. Maybe the Lightning don't win. Maybe the Lightning were better off, that they didn't have to go on the road. They didn't have to go into other people's barns. They didn't have to travel, right? They could just sit in one spot. Like, for some teams, guys, this is an advantage for, right? Everybody's different. What about our the half, thing is, Yeah. Well, you look, the well, the Montreal Canadiens, that's a good example. Look, they have as passionate of a fan base. You can't get a better atmosphere at a sporting event than you can at a it's Montreal game. It's rocking. The Bell
3: Center is unbelievable. Right?
0: Yeah, it's just it just feels great. It's like it's loud, it's passionate, like it's it's the way like sports should be. It's there's no bells and whistles there. It's like the game. They have the lights on the ice. It's the game, and yet the Montreal Canadiens haven't won a Stanley Cup in a long time, bro. They've sold out every game though. (laughs) Look at look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs, there's like a ten year waiting list for their season tickets. And the Leaf players always complain. Our fans are soft. They don't even make noise. They're like, "Does anyone think the Leafs ever have a home ice advantage?" No. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's different for everybody.
3: Yeah, that's because I call them uh, that's because I call them the corporate Leafs because half the fans. I had some family that went to Toronto to watch a game, and they said that they didn't even see any fans in the lower bowl for the first five ten minutes of the period because they're up there in the VIP, talking to their clients. It's not even close as far as passionate fans. And that's why I always say that having a sold-out arena is does not mean you have passionate fans. It's not the same. You know, they've got a lot of corporate seats, big companies pay- paying for those tickets. So it does not mean yeah, the that they're base. passionate and they're really changing it. If anything, the Leafs could use no fans.
0: <laughs> exactly. The Bay Street bootlickers. Uh, that's, that's, that's what we call them, the Bay Street bootlickers. So listen, I told people... I told people coming into the year this year in the NBA to bet on teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, that weren't in the hub, weren't in the bubble, um, that were in the bubble, were, didn't make the bubble at all, didn't make the playoffs and got bounced early from the bubble, or got embarrassed in the first round of the playoffs. And it's been very successful If if you look at the teams that are doing well. And the elite teams, they're not doing so great. So basically, what I'm saying is like I think I'm looking at the exact same thing for hockey next week, McKinnis. The Tampa Bay Lightning just handled their business. It's been a quick turnaround. They're already starting a season right now. There's no way in hell they have that same edge. They won't. They just can't. they won't. They're in. Mean, they're gonna be like, hey, we won the cup. They're still going to be hung over. It was such a quick uh, turnaround. And I want to bet on the Detroit Red Wings. I'm going to bet on the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to bet on the Buffalo Sabres. I'm going to bet on the Devils. Uh, I'm going to bet on all these, like, loser teams from last year. we'll get McKinnis' thoughts on the other side. But I'm going to blindly bet them. I really will. For, like, the first five, seven games. We'll see how it goes. But I really believe that these lower-tier teams are hungry to get back on the ice right now. And these other teams, the elite teams, they're looking at the big picture still. Late-night anger management class continues. Bring it
1: since you were a little kid you've always loved sports so have we one of us one of us one of us us. this is the sports grid radio network we're everywhere radio the internet tv satellite and our mobile app we make it easy like real easy in fact if you're not listening it's you it's always you slacker we are the sports grid radio network
3: Oh yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy on.
1: The bug boy,
3: yeah. The little fella's been
0: riding
1: his heart out. They're gonna break his maiden. Really? Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it, eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the
0: slop. His father was a mother. His father was a mother. His mother was a mother. His mother was a mother. What did I just say? Late Night Anger Management Class continues. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down. Andrew McKinnis kicking with us. Uh, Sports Memo, Wager Talk TV in the house. Cindy Bourne will join us later from The Washington Post. That's right. We have a very aesthetic crew uh, on these uh, shows. We're going to get into the NFL, but we've talked a lot of NFL. Uh, NHL starts next week. We're now uh, eight, nine days away, depending on where uh, what time zone, what country <laughs> you're listening to us uh, right now. Don't forget, we launch on Sirius XM later in the week. Our first show on Sirius uh, will be uh, Thursday night. Will be uh, Thursday night, so the Thursday night uh, throwdown. And, of course, Wednesday night is our 19th anniversary. So uh, it's a big week uh, here this week, uh, but don't despair. Whatever radio affiliate you're tuning into right now, we will still be uh, kicking it uh, with you. We're just adding XM to the rotation. So I brought up, uh, so, you know, talking about betting on somebody's these teams, and I really do believe this, McKinnis Like, coming, if you're... Like, if you're the Knicks, look at the Knicks playing well right now. The Atlanta Hawks, um, you know, or teams that, you know, didn't, didn't – the Cleveland Cavaliers covering point spreads early, et cetera. The Phoenix Suns, 5-2 and two against the spread. They won eight straight games but didn't make the playoffs. It sort of continued into this year. But I do think this is – I'm looking at the NHL as the same approach. Hockey is a taxing sport. It's a physical sport. It's a, This is the quickest turnaround ever as far as an offseason is concerned. And you have these other teams, and I'm talking about those 7, 8 teams, whatever it was, 9 teams, that didn't make it at all, that didn't get the invite. I'm really looking to play on them. Like I'm going to bet on the Ottawa Senators out of the gate, said. If they lose the first game, fine. I'll stick with it for a couple of nights. But I think the Senators could come out hot. I think some of these other lower-tier teams, the Sabres, um, the Devils, the Devils could start off hot uh, as well. Uh, I like the Montreal Canadiens, a team that got bounced in the playoffs, but great off season. I think they are a hungry team still uh, right now. Um, so what, what do you think about my theory on betting on teams that did not make the, uh, the hub last year?
3: I think looking at that, I would look at all those teams that you just listed, not only could be good bet on opportunities as underdog spots, but also just great over teams. You're talking about an Ottawa Senators team that's going to be completely loaded with talent and youth. It's just a matter of if they're going to be able to compete with the top teams uh, and you know have the defensive core that can keep up. But when it comes down to it, their pace of play is going to be incredible. They've done a great job of, uh, we'll call it, rebuilding. So I feel like they'd be a team to look at the over and compete. Buffalo Sabres, same thing with them. New Jersey Devils, same thing with them. Uh, take a look at that Central division. Of course, you've got uh, broken up into four divisions now. That, to me, is the one where I think we'll see the most underdog wins. I mean, got Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, Tampa Bay, defending cup champions, of course, Dallas, um, you know, right there with them. I feel like that will be the division where we could see an upset on any given night um, as well. But I want to bring this up. I think it's important for anybody that follows hockey but maybe doesn't follow it too, too close. The, the whole angle, gave now of us having the almost like baseball schedules of playing the same team three straight times or three, you know, three, three games against the same team in four nights, that's going to be a whole new angle. So you're talking about the Knicks and things, teams like that. That's what I'm looking at. If you see the Ottawa Senators, don't bet them that first night. Bet them that second or third game to get the win, and they'll still be an underdog, right? I mean, bet those teams that are going to run into great scheduling spots when they've got a team – Um, like the Toronto Maple Leafs coming in after playing a huge West Coast road trip. Now they got to go back to Ottawa and play them. Uh, Don't bet them in the first game against the Leafs. Bet them in the second game. It's going to be really interesting, man. Like, what's your thoughts on that, the new scheduling? Because I'm looking at that as a lot of great bet on spots for underdogs and also for favorites. I mean, you're going to see favorites throwing out their – their uh, backup goaltenders in the second game. And we're going to get a much better price with that team because of the backup goaltender being out there.
0: Yeah, yes and no. But you know what I mean? I think it's going to be interesting. I look forward to it. That, But one thing you said, too, a team coming back from a big West Coast trip. Well, the Leafs don't have any big West Coast trips. What's their big West Coast trip? They're going to go to Vancouver and Calgary for a couple of days? You know what I'm saying? they be back home a couple hours later? Like, that's the thing, too. That this year for hockey futures guys, every game is a division game, (laughs) so like there is no cream puff. Like like honestly, like you look at that, you look at you mentioned some of these divisions this year. They're just gonna beat the crap out of each other, bro, every night, and the numbers won't change. I think underdog, 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 because hockey's not like foot. It's not it's not as precise with the odds making, uh, McKinnis. You know what I mean? Like because a goalie is in. Like, a good, like, like basically, like, look at the NHL playoffs, bro, and I loved it. And the NBA playoffs was the same thing. They didn't change the point spreads ever, right? The Miami Heat kept beating mm-hmm. Milwaukee every night, but they were six-point underdogs every night. The Montreal Canadiens right. went True. seven games with the Philadelphia Flyers, yet they were plus 150 or more every game. It was like, wow, they just beat them last night, and you know, they beat them twice, and they're still getting plus 160? Like, they don't adjust. Due to, and I'm interested to see how hockey does work out. And it's a great point for you, raised though. It's a great point for you, raised I mean, there's a couple of instances, I think at least one, that I don't know if it's the Leafs or someone, the Islanders, but they're playing the same team four times in a row. They're literally playing, like, Saturday, Sunday, taking Monday off and playing Tuesday, Wednesday type thing. And there's a couple of instances where there's, like, three-game series in the same city. And it will lead to interesting backup scenarios and stuff. Hey, listen, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to to handicap, but I am looking forward to betting on these lower tier teams coming out of the gate. And as I stated, man, like you look at these divisions this year, they're just gonna beat the living crap out of each other. Like, you know, it's gonna take a little while to get used to this. But to me, you know, division games are all about underdogs, McKinnis. I'm gonna be betting on a hell of a lot of underdogs in the NHL this year, I'll tell you that. And there's gonna be a bunch of false favorites. Like, like everyone thinks the Philadelphia Flyers are great. I think they struggle early. Dallas Stars struggle early. St. Louis Blues, I wonder what happened, you know, the Blues, such a physical team. They won the cup. They hit the wall last year. I don't know. I think you know they're not gonna be quite as good anymore. I think there's a chance this year for some upstart teams, McKinnis.
3: Watch out for the Coyotes, Gabe. The Coyotes are a big team as well. Arizona, although they didn't do great in the bubble there against Colorado, they have an incredible uh, top six, and they have two goaltenders that are going to be amazing for them. You know, I talked about this, about this uh, with you last week about football, but I think that you talk about, of course, like I said, there's not going to be as many big road trips. That was kind of a slip-up by me because it's only really the Canadian division where there are any big road trips like that, and they aren't even that big. However, yeah, nobody there are going to be left Besides the
0: Canadian teams.
3: Exactly. That, that was my bad. But there are going to be letdown spots. You know, I could see a Colorado team coming off a big game and a big, you know, two back-to-back games set against the Blues and the Golden Knights, and they go ahead and play the Coyotes. And to your point, a hungry team, maybe, you know, they played a few games at home. They're waiting for these uh, powerful teams to come to them. I think that's going to be a really big angle, more than ever. Uh, you look at the Minnesota Wild. I think they're in the, in the top tier in the entire yeah, league yeah. Uh, for longest home stretch to start the season. The Montreal Canadiens, uh, I'm a Montreal fan. I'm not usually biased with them, but they had an outstanding offseason. Picking up to Foley, Anderson, now and got a great backup goaltender in Jake Allen. Backup goaltenders are going to be bigger than ever, and I understand from a betting perspective, you're saying it won't really change the odds too much, but I do think it'll change the the factor Um, of looking at a team in those three game sets or how many games they're playing in so many days and being able to use uh, that backup goaltender. So it's going to be different. It's going to be huge. And, and, you know, I'm a money line better in hockey, but to be honest with you, I make most of my money either of course, pregame betting totals or in game total betting with the NHL. And I think the total market is going to be very interesting from game to game. And I think Gabe, if you look at the NHL comparison to the NBA and NFL, It's the biggest sport where you have to be watching the game to be able to know if a team is actually in good form because you could have a team that lost four straight games and I could still think, you know what? In those last two games, they played great. They're against top competition. I'm going to bet on them in the future. But I think in the NBA, it's like that team sucked. That team got blown out. That team, you know, you don't really see as much heart in the fourth quarter. I could see a team losing 4-2. Exactly. But I could see a team losing 4-2 in back-to-back games and still bet on the next game.
0: Um, Alain Vigneault, Philadelphia Flyers head coach, this division is just sick. <laughs> like, Boston Bruins, Buffalo <laughs> Sabres, New Jersey Devils, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Only four teams move on into the playoffs. And then they got to play each other again in the playoffs. That's the way it works this year, guys. So each division each division four teams and they're new divisions we can rattle them off for you but there's there's four new divisions and it's basically all just sort of centralized they want to cut down on travel like look boston buffalo new jersey uh they got three teams in the new york area philadelphia pittsburgh washington they're all basically within an hour flight of each other you know what i'm saying like you have a couple of exceptions in the west where to have to go to a different time zone. But Canada is the one where there's going to be a little bit of travel, but it's not that excessive when you deal with air travel uh, in Canada chartered. So, they're, you know, the Canadian division's going to be sick as well. And i I tell you what, I like the Vancouver Canucks. I think they're going to be good. I got a lot of respect for Travis Green and what he's doing. They've got a, got a lot of good young players. They're going to be a hungry team all the time. I like them. We're curious to see how the Leafs respond to this. Everyone always hypes the Leafs. All everyone always hypes the Leafs and the Oilers, and they both always blow. Although Edmonton sucks harder than Toronto. Late night, anger match for class. We'll get into the NFL with McKinnis. This is
1: Fortrage. Bring it. To be honest, we should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk may cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: You can't listen too much to us. I mean, it's possible. Get to know your family again. Did you know your wife cries herself to sleep every night? That's what she told us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bid it against the Harlem Globetrotters?
3: Uh,
2: I thought the generals were due. He's
1: spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes.
0: You know what? I'm getting fired up, actually, for the start of the National Hockey League season. I can't wait to add a new sport to start that betting on. Just for the record, guys, and I don't know if you know this, McKinnis, but um, I, I don't know if you've already seen him. This is the first time I've actually checked, to be honest. But I've got um, I've got numbers. We've got odds for night one. Let me just rattle uh, through them right now, man. And it's yeah, just crazy, like uh, uh, all these division games and and rivalries, and it's going to be nuts. And one of the great things, guys, about hockey, if you're tuning in right now and you're not the biggest hockey, you know, you know a little bit about hockey, but uh, you know you bet on sports. You know, we talk about it, the NBA. It's always a crapshoot. Who's playing? oh, this and that, and this guy's resting and load management. And you see even in the NFL, it's so tough every week. Who's playing? Who's hurt? NHL, these guys, like, they need to, like, lose a limb not to play, right? Like, they need to lose a limb not to play. And hockey is also a type of sport, guys. Like McKenna said earlier, it's a great point, that you can't look at a hockey team and go, oh, man, these guys are 2-6 and in their last eight. They're playing terrible. No, they could be playing great and look, they might have hit 13 goal posts, right? McKenna, is, <laughs> they might have hit 13 goal posts. Exactly. They lost. They lost two times in a shootout. They lost another time when there was a minute left. <laughs> uh, the puck bounced off the ref one night and went in the net. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, that's the thing with hockey it guys. It's frustrating too at times because you can bet on a team guys and you can dominate. You're like, dear God, we we're at a better team and you lose by like two goals. <laughs> You're like, I don't know how we lost four two. We were all over them, but. You know what I mean? It, it sort of happens, but hard work pays off in hockey, and underdog betting is the way to go, guys. Because the one thing, all these guys compete so much. My 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 main point here was what hockey is: you bet on these guys, you get an honest effort. And I'll tell you what: when guys are skating around 35 miles an hour, and pucks are going 107 miles an hour, it's hard to mail it in. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, Like, it's hard to mail it in. Like. It's not like you can coast. You can coast in hockey a bit. The the coach will bench you, but like, like you'll get your face plastered if you're not paying attention. Like, like hockey players are competitors. So you get like a full out like boom. You know the team's gonna try.
3: All right. There's exceptions through the and you year. You stick but... out more too. Yeah. So you stick out more. Like in in, in basketball, you could be drifting yes. on the three point line and just walk up the court. In hockey, yeah. you're going to be able to tell. Hey, this guy's not back-checking. This guy's not playing defense. And in basketball, if it's a blowout, you can easily just, you know, walk back on you're defense right. and not give your yeah, best yeah. effort Fake in the paint. Defense. But in hockey, yeah. exactly. Yeah, fi-
0: you know, fake the, I know you play basketball because kids, you know, so sort of just put your hand up casually. You're there, but you're just going through the motions. You're right. And listen, there are soft hockey <laughs> players, guys. They don't back check enough, and, you know, and the coaches get mad, etc. But I'm just saying, for a betting purpose, it's a great sport. They bring it hard every night, even in a regular season. So Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers, the game is a pick 'em. The total is six and a half. You know, I want to fade Philadelphia early in the season, but I don't know if I love Pittsburgh here. Montreal Canadiens plus one fifteen total six under in that half. one, Gabe. Yeah, what do you think of all these six and a halfs? Like, so the I'm looking here at FanDuel right now. So six and a half, six and a half, six and a half. Uh, the first three games, then Vancouver, Edmonton, five and a half, five and a half, five and a half. All right, so they're not all six and a half, but what you think? The Montreal Canadiens and the Leafs are worth a look to the under.
3: I think the the Penguins and the Flyers game are we're, we're, take a look to the under. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to fall off offensively this year, and they're going to have to learn to be a better defensive team and protecting the puck in their own end. Crosby isn't getting any younger. Uh, his support has kind of gone away. Malkin had a horrible playoff, uh, and we know how great Carter Hart is. I think that uh, you know he could be up here for a Vezina this year, and, and I think if the team, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, play well in front of them, he'll be great for an under. Um, Montreal Canadiens, like I said, everyone on Twitter, everyone that follows me knows I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan, uh, but I think there's plenty of value on taking them as a dog to open that season off. You mentioned that you were going to look at an underdog spot with the Buffalo Sabres, and they're going to be one of those teams. Let's look at their roster right now. I mean, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, Eric Stahl, and Jeff Skinner, all in a top six. I mean, that just screams offense. That also screams overs, but This is a very, very, very deep team. And if you look at opening night, at a Washington Capitals team, we're getting the Sabres at plus 140. That one sticks out to me big time. In Um, Buffalo. The Dallas Stars, the Florida. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo Sabres, plus 140 against the Washington Capitals. Total six and a half uh, in that game. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see here, but I'm looking at some underdogs early. There's one favorite, though, that I would look at. Colorado were disappointed in the playoffs. I think they're still a hungry team. They're minus 140 against St. Louis. All right, so let's, let's, uh, there's, you know, I'll tell you what, though, guys, right now. So, FanDuel, they've got odds up for night one, and, you know, every team's opening night. They've got Stanley Cup futures up, obviously. Colorado Avalanche 7 to 1, Vegas plus 850, Lightning plus 950, Leafs plus 1200, Bruins 13 to 1, Flyers 15 to 1. I don't like any of this so far. Uh, Pittsburgh 18 to 1. St. Louis 18 to 1. Wow. Washington 18 to 1. Dallas 20 to 1. Carolina 22. Edmonton 22. The Islanders 26. Rangers 26. Canucks 27. Flames 31. You know what, McCannis, As you stated, not to sound like uh, the homer, but Montreal Canadiens at 31 to 1, man. All those teams are not better than the Canadiens, bro, that I just listed. 31 to 1. That's pretty big odds for that team. Who do you like? Like, as far as these futures, none of these teams jump off the screen at me here, bro.
3: Yeah, Montreal has incredible depth, and they don't have a big superstar, but they've got more scoring now. They added uh, Anderson, who's a great tough guy, but also can put the puck in the back of the net. They added Tyler Toffoli, uh, a guy we clearly needed someone to clear goal scorer, and youth, but it's got, gotten even better, Suzuki and the Niemi. So those guys, they're great. It's great value on that. Um, I would just say, obviously, there's great value on them to win, but uh, the division as well. I mean, there's no way the Leafs should be plus 140 to win their division. I mean, you can go ahead and look at the North Division and give me the Vancouver Canucks or give me the Montreal Canadiens to win that division. There is no way the Leafs should be plus 140. They ha- all they are is a top six, and if they don't perform, I don't know what else is going to happen. They have Joe Thornton, who's almost as old as my grandpa, and he's on the top line with Matthews and Marner. <laughs> do you think he'll? Do you think he'll be able to keep up with those two guys? I don't think so. I like the New York Islanders. Plus, uh, they're at uh, twenty-six to one. They're a great team. They had a great playoff run last year. They're a great defensive team, and they also have youth—a great mix of youth and veteran leadership. Uh, that's the pick that I'll give out here: the New York Islanders.
0: You know, I'm looking at the, the Stanley Cup futures, and normally there will be a few teams. I'm like, yeah, they're due to win the cup. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be in the mix. So I would say Colorado, but they're the favorites at seven to one. I think Colorado are in the mix. Vegas are always in the mix, right? But can they continue that? Tampa, I'm gonna write off. The Leafs, I write off at twelve to one. Boston, I don't believe in anymore at thirteen to one. I'll tell you, fade, fade Boston
3: this year, well, Gabe.
0: Yeah, Philadelphia are overhyped they're good philadelphia are good but they're not winning the cup as you said pittsburgh are going backwards st louis are getting older washington are getting older the dallas stars yes dallas stars at 20 to 1. what about the dallas stars this year like who are some of these teams And like if i ask you right now who's playing in the stanley cup and it's really tough you got to look well i don't know look at the divisions man it's a weird format <laughs> like they play in the same division this year these teams then they play two playoff series against each other in the same division. And then each division sends a representative to the final four. That's the way that it works. Um, so if I would ask you right now, and I want to get to the football here, but I'm having fun talking pucks. If I would ask you what two teams are playing in the Stanley Cup finals, what are you telling me?
3: I'd have to look at Colorado just with the way their team is built. The way their team is built, uh, Nathan McKinnon's only getting better and better, but the the biggest key for them is they have so many key pieces around him and their defensive core is outstanding. I think the Rangers are going to be a sleeper, but they're not ready to go to the Stanley cup. I tell you, I I like the Islanders like the Islanders quite a bit. Um, I cashed some good uh, series tickets with them last playoff in the bubble. They just didn't have the scoring to get them over that bump. I think they will be there. Uh, Look, I'll I'll say this team, and I think I might shock quite a few people, but you talk about a team that might be due for some success, the Nashville Predators in that pretty interesting central division with Carolina. Chicago's not going to be good. Columbus is, is okay. Dallas, I think they drop off a little bit. Florida, they can't handle the puck in their own end. I think Nashville will be a pretty sleeper team that has some great offensive guys that are due to break out, great goaltender that's due for some success, the Nashville Predators are a team I'd look at. Um, and again, the Vancouver Canucks are a team that they got a great goaltending performance in the bubble. And I'm not saying that same thing will happen again this season, but we're going by this division format. And you look at that North Division, with the way that, that Toronto are big favorites like that, I, I don't think that Winnipeg is better than Vancouver. I don't think Ottawa is. Montreal, it's close. Edmonton, overhyped. Calgary, they're too soft. You know, I think Vancouver could be a great team. It's a tough question to ask me, honestly, Gabe, but Colorado, I will I say, they deserve to be at the top.
0: Let me ask you, though, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but even I'm confused right now. I don't know who plays who. Like, what happens in the playoffs? There is no, so does North play West or Central play East? Like, who plays who in the semifinals? Like, there's no East-West anymore.
3: I think it. yeah, I think it's North and East and then West and Central.
0: It is? So the North would play the East? In the semifinal, all right. Yeah. And one thing to note, guys, yes. so this is the thing, too. And listen, I like where you're going with the Vancouver Canucks. I liked them a lot last year, and I think it continues. And the Montreal Canadiens as well. And one of the teams from the each division, guys, is guaranteed to make the semifinals. Something to think about for hedge purposes moving forward, right, McKinnis? Like, that's the way it works. Like, if they come out of their divisions, so someone's going to represent... Someone's going to represent um, the division. So one of these Canadian teams is going to make it to the semifinals. And I'm with you. If you ask me between Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg, I'll say that Vancouver and Montreal have the best chances of making it out of that, uh, uh, McKinnis.
3: And I'll tell you a team that I'll be looking to bet against in that North division is Winnipeg. They're a mess. Uh, Patrick Line. Uh, a player who feels like he's been in the league for almost like five, six years. He's been in the league for four years because he started in the league when he was 18, but he's seems like a great kid, but he's all about the media. He said that, you know, he wanted to get traded. doesn't want to get traded. You've got uh, too many guys like Shifley and uh, Wheeler that are getting a little bit old and a great goaltender, but they don't have the scoring. And Edmonton, it's the same story with them, Gabe. They don't have the secondary scoring. It's just going to be McDavid and Seidel until they find, a couple other guys to, to fill that and you know kyle turris isn't the guy for them zach cassian of course isn't the guy for them so when i look at this montreal canadians team and i've looked at it the, for the past several weeks trying hard to to not put my homer glasses on and you know you know what i'm talking about being a raptors fan and montreal fan and dodgers of course and bills now you don't want to cheer for your team and say to everyone yeah bet on the habs but when i look at all four lines i think all four of those lines can score I think we have a great one-two punch with a Carey Price and now Jake Allen. I think they have a coach that have been to, has won a Stanley Cup and closed Julian. There's no way to me the, the Leafs should be plus 140. I would never advise that. You get to have that plus 450, I believe, to win like the, the uh, division.
0: All right. Because we've got a couple of minutes on the other side during to break. Come up with your best NFL bets you want to share with.
1: Bring it. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying keep it right here this is the sports grid radio network
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
0: Shout out to Mike Cardano, our VP of Operations uh, on the grid. Poor guy's probably sleeping right now, and he's probably like, he doesn't know, but he's got like a weird chill. He's having like a little—he's tossing and turning right now as we speak, but he doesn't—he doesn't know why. He's like, uh, what's going on? I think it was all the hockey talk. <laughs> I think it was—think it was all the hockey. <laughs> he's like, oh. so all the—it's hold on, hold on. like really hockey talk. Hey, listen, all right, we've talked a lot about the, these football games and. And listen, one thing with hockey is, is it as popular as the NBA? No. Is it as popular as the NFL? No. But it's as popular as it's ever been in the betting marketplace. And you you got to thank the Las Vegas Golden Knights for that, the popularity of the Golden Knights. And more and more people that weren't hockey fans in past years now are hockey fans. And the NHL is doing just fine. And people that are into the NHL are really into it. And I know our our audience uh, is into it. But... They're also into the NFL, so what are your best bets this week? Not all of them. You don't have to share them all. Um uh, I mean, Kevin's still early in the week as well, but what uh, what game or two catches your eye the most?
3: Well, I'd love to talk about the Buffalo Bills, but it feels like every single guest that you've had on your show over the past couple of days has <laughs> loved the Bills just like I do. I, I, you know, and, and they're your team, so I don't want to scare you that everybody's loving them, Gabe, but uh, I think it's a great spot for them. I think... Uh, I'm worried about uh, Philip rivers and his arm strength. And I do have to mention in the cold, I feel like that's a factor I've been reading more and more about, and I do really believe in, and you know, it's been great having this weekly spot with you because I can talk about what we mentioned last week. And one thing that you and I mentioned together was the Buffalo Bills not taking their foot off the gas pedal. And that's exactly what they really did. I know it's kind of a cliche and something a lot of people will probably mentioned to you, but at that six and a half or at that seven, uh, I'm more than comfortable with it, and, and you look at it, that, that 38-9 victory over the Patriots they had the week before that, um, you know, they wanted to have a better performance uh, against a more better competition. Uh, take a look at the, uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens. Look at the competition that the they've Ravens, had. Look at good. the strength of schedule. I don't like it's the Ravens. Right. I like the Tennessee nice. Titans to get it done.
0: They're it up, strength
3: of schedule is one thing.
1: Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bruh. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.